Hey everyone, and welcome back to another week with the HLP. This week, I do not have a whole lot for everyone, except I do want to wish you all a very happy holiday season, and I know there's a lot of bad weather coming to many areas in the U.S. and Canada, so I will also wish you a very safe and happy holiday season. And with that, I will welcome you into episode 228, Scare This Whisper. and things that go boom, then buckle up, listener, because this one's for you. Prepare yourself for the Hideous Laughter Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Hideous Laughter Podcast, episode 228. You guys beat death. Oh, yeah. Some of you beat death. <laughs> So Woo. just minor death. <laughs> just well, lesser death. Lesser death. Yeah. Lesser yeah, death. Yeah. But don't think lesser of yourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> lesser death, a CR sixteen threat. Wow. He, he was certainly threatening. I mean, the party of eight of you. Yeah. Yeah, you killed one of us. Two. Two. A couple people died. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Lives pretty, up to his pretty name. Generous baby. us. Lives when it's just <laughs> me. Yeah. I killed kill a quarter point, of the party's PCs. Steve, at what point do you think maybe it's, it's you? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it seemed very targeted. Uh, but you know what? We're just here to have a good time and uh, having a positive attitude about the whole thing. <laughs> As in, like it hadn't occurred to you. No. I'm pretty sure uh, you're, the, you're the only one who's NPC, or whose PCs I haven't killed thus far until now. Um, well, well, Sawyer got killed, well, if you count that, yeah. which I think we do. Yeah, um, yeah, but so did everyone else besides Haley's evil interlude PC, so. Right. Yeah, and mine's coming up soon. Yeah. Yeah. You're the only one Ichmer's that we spent 20 good. episodes bringing back. <laughs> yeah. Ikmer's still good. Tulia hasn't died, right? Well, yes, right, but I've, but I've killed Air Bear three times. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, right. Tulia died in like the Tulia first Tulia died round. in the first five episodes we knew her. Yep. Mm-hmm. Eclipse oh, just died. That's why I don't remember. It was so early. Okay. Yeah. Eclipse just died. I mean, Rune technically didn't die. Rune was still. Rune's never died. Lyra's been died. dead. Freya died. Uska hasn't age. died. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Uska's brand new. Uska's, There's time. Uska's pretty new. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, me such a side eye when I said it's <laughs> new. <laughs> I guess, I guess that, that does. Is that true? I think that is true. That makes Ikmer the only main party character that hasn't died. I don't think Eclipse has actually died though. Eclipse died in the in the book five final combat. Oh, she died. Shit. She yeah, I just yeah. died, like Definitely. not that long ago. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. when it happens at the end of book five, I guess it's not very serious, but like it's happened. Yeah, no, Ikmer's the only one. Wow. How does it feel, Brooks? How does it feel to not protect the party yeah. the way that you're intended? Yeah, you know <laughs> the entire party is <laughs> all, right? That's actually a good point, Haley. Your entire character's built around this, and you failed for every other character. <laughs> so is Ikmer the worst at his job? <laughs> Man, when you put it like that, I mean, it's hard to say <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> you, make a very, you make a great point. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we were thinking that I've killed a lot of Steve's characters just because I've killed Quinley like several times, mm-hmm. and he was playing Quinley. Mm-hmm. But like in one combat, this is the this is the first time I've ever killed one of your characters. Yeah, like well, in in, in Carrying Crown. Yeah, like the the ones you know the the main party characters. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, no, it was it was it was fine. The one he made and not adopted. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Aside from Saw, but. Mm-hmm. A lot of death going around these days. It's going around. When you, I mean, when you fight a death, you expect you expect a death or two. Mm-hmm. But you, you pouring one out for the homies? What do you got? Oh, yeah, sure. So you guys know I do love a, a pretty unexpected crossover. So what I've got here is a beer by the brewery Tasts. It is a milkshake IPA made in conjunction with United Dairy Farmers. <laughs> Interesting. So it's a UDF beer. Yeah, it's a UDF beer. Wow. Saw these. I was like, gotta have it. Hopefully, it's better than their ice cream. Let's see. And all right. Did you? So did you get this from the from the grocery store or the uh, the gas station? I got it from the grocery store. <laughs> gas station. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. UDF's got it on lock. All right. Ooh, I did kind of assume it'd be from the gas station. <laughs> no, I didn't get it from the gas station. <laughs> that is what like, I mean, it, it would make sense. Yeah, it would, it would make, make sense, sense, but I did get it at the grocery store. Um, maybe they have other flavors at the gas station. Might oh have, yeah, might have the, to swing by the limited edition collections at the gas station. Yeah, please, please tell me that UDF makes a seltzer. Ooh, <laughs> a thick one. Wow, <laughs> it's still Yum. got dairy in it. <laughs> one can hope. <laughs> it wouldn't be UDF without a little D. Just add a little splash <laughs> of milk to it. Uh, oh, super oh. diluted milk. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Brooks, are you drinking any super diluted milk over there? Oh, I wish. If I you know what? Give me a sec. I'm gonna I'm gonna go grab some. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, I do have a nice ice and rum uh right here to just kind of give me a little little something something, little little tickle. See, these are the these are the classic uh, HLP mixers that I'm looking forward to sharing with the world on uh, when we do season two. Yeah, <laughs> just the, like this is a soda that actually sometimes works pretty well. With, like like the uh, like the grimace, right? The, the purple uh, the purple monster and vodka. I think people are going to be really shocked and impressed how much effort I'm going to put into that. Yeah, I'm sure they. <laughs> What do you have, Steve? It's a beer, but it, like uh, the name is pretty similar to. <laughs> you could probably buy a non-alcoholic beer. Emily, you got anything good? Yeah, I am on the same track as Brooks. I have a coconut pineapple ice, and then I put pineapple rum in it. So it's mm. a pretty good combo. Sounds great. Just works. <laughs> Haley, I have a vodka elderflower pear cocktail for two checks. <laughs> the disappointment around the table. It's no. really either that or nothing at all, huh? I also have coffee and water next to me. Okay. As the winner of the chalice, you're just rubbing it in our faces, <laughs> not even getting creative, just letting it come to you. I haven't gotten my chalice drink yet. Mm. Whatever. That's all I have to say about it. I mean, anyway. you can still drink on it. You I got the it. uh I got the Patreon beverage this week. This one was suggested by Rez. It's called Insider Information. And <laughs> Rez's in- instructions are as follows. 
I just mixed half a bottle of plain hard apple cider, maybe a cup of regular apple cider, a good few glugs of screwball peanut butter whiskey. It's like drinking a lunchbox snack. Very tasty. Would recommend. Um, I, the only sub I made was I didn't do any regular apple cider. I just did a full cup of, right, full can of uh, hard apple cider. And it's good. I expected it to be, but it, it's tasty. Nice. It is kind of like, you know, if you ever did like apple slices dipped in peanut butter, it's like that. I well, we don't caramel. have to roll. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. That's the more common one, I think. Peanut butter is more like... Sustenance. Well, peanut butter is more like ants on a log type stuff, usually. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Or PB&J. Like, if this if this had like a berry component, I think it would be very PB&J. Ants on a log always weirded me out. Bad name. Yeah, it, bad name, and honestly, it, sh- shit tier snack. Yeah, I mean, just absolute D to F tier snack. Like, absolutely. It was so let's get a couple yeah. things. Let's get a couple things kids don't like. Fucking plain ass raisins. I love raisins. And, love and raisins. celery. <laughs> and then try and use peanut butter to make it better. Here's the thing is, yeah. I love raisins. I don't love peanut butter. And I hate the strings on celery. Yeah, everybody hates the strings everybody. on celery. And when you combine it with goop like peanut butter, it's like. It's horrible. And then you and then let a bunch of kids try to eat it. Yeah, every yeah. kid it's fucking a choking every, hazard. What every kid apparently by Haley like licked the fucking peanut butter off and was yeah. like, "I'm done." Oh no, I I just ate the I ate the raisins. You just sucked the raisins off like a little <laughs> freak. And then I spent a long time just peeling all the little hairs off of the celery. I don't know. Oh, and then you they're not really hairs. Why did you do that? And then you suck the cellar suck the water out no. of the celery. I thought that maybe every time I was giving them, I was like, clearly I have to try and eat this. And so I thought I'd make it, try to make it better. It was never better. As a kid, I just collected the clean logs <laughs> from all the other kids. I, I went around, hey, who doesn't want their log? I'm, I'm pretty, collecting I'm pretty, celery I'm hairs. I'm pretty hungry for a log or two, but it's got to be squeaky clean. Make sure you got all the ants over there. I don't want any peanut butter. Hold on while I floss my teeth with the mm, the hairs. Oh. Five stalks every lunch. <laughs> they called me the lunchtime stalker because I would eat everybody's stalk of celery. <laughs> <laughs> but your gums were awesome. Gums were great. <laughs> Can you imagine if that's a, it? Like someone has that kid. The celery obsessed. That kid's yeah. out there. Like that kid's out there <laughs> taking the sloppy celeries. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, well I, done. Didn't, I didn't mean to spit take you. Well done. That's a spit take at the table. You got her. Got her. Well done. That's <laughs> like can you imagine that kid coming home from school to talk to like His their parents? disappointed father and like mother. their parents are just like <laughs> son. How many? logs did you eat today i was saving them for when i got home oh well, like, i brought half of my stash home germs. <laughs> kids are already just a pile of germs right mm-hmm. due to covid regulations little johnny can't take all the sloppy <laughs> celeries in i hide him inside my mask <laughs> <laughs> there's a little black market for him afterwards oh my gosh <laughs> I well, just need my fix of sticks. 
I've officially cleaned up my spit take. Would we like mm. to not talk about uh, sloppy celery? <laughs> sloppy celery. By the way, I think celery. this is maybe the sixth time we've talked about ants on a log. Not to this detail, but at some point in these episodes. It's a pretty ubiquitous snack. It comes up a lot. Because well, everybody knows it and everyone hates everyone's, it. Everyone's looking for that log. I, th- I think every time we talk about ants on a log, it gets better. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have to roll off this time. So when last we left our heroes, they fought death. <laughs> and death did take Durin out with a finger of death and took Matumbe out with a scythe crit, which I think did like 130 some damage. It was a lot. It was a lot of damage. Um, however... I don't know if the, I honestly still, I didn't even look it up. I don't know if that was lenient use of breath of life or if that was just like rules as written, you can do it multiple times to somebody, but through multiple uses of breath of life, Matumbe was brought back, you know, without having to go through the resurrection process. That's where we find you now with a kind of collapsed into a pile, lesser death Matumbe on the ground. Now noticing, you know, that not this year, not yet that his tattoos have kind of morphed into on his arm. And unfortunately, Durin kind of like with his wings splayed out, laying kind of like a kind of like a crumpled raven on the ground. What are you guys doing? I think it'd probably be wise to have the two people who know the most about healing to, to at least check out Durin. Yeah, Uska lies down and Lyra will walk up and everyone's really crowded um, around, but they find the last little bit of space uh, right in front of the lopper, and they'll just kind of do a, a heel check, see see if uh, their okay, assessment need, in the battle was correct, if he is in I'm fact need some dead. heal and spellcraft here for you to figure out exactly what's... Would you like uh, any assistance from uh, Tulia and Eclipse? <laughs> that would be great on the spellcraft... Yeah, I do believe that'd probably be their area of expertise here. And Uska's going to be doing that heal check. Ooh, 38 heal check. Yeah, so you can see, despite, you know, the way he landed, Durin's body is very much intact. Uh, You can tell, you feel for a pulse, you check for breath. He's dead. He's certainly dead. You can actually see this mark on him it almost looks like a singe and it's like as you're kind of like checking for a heartbeat you notice it like right over his heart there's this like singe mark and then it kind of ripples out as if like a lightning bolt had struck him right over the heart but when you look at the flesh there like Durin is is normally because he's a drow he's normally very dark and that flesh is like pale and leathery when you run your hand over it. I think at this point you've all had some experience with Air Bear's you know, strange hands. It almost reminds you of that, like that flesh, that like leatheriness. It's almost colder than the rest of his body. Would you like the spellcrafts? Sure. Eclipse got an 18 for a 42 and Tully got a natural 20 for a 46. And then uh, a 48 if it's magic item properties. Yeah, you know even if you didn't like see it happen in the moment and Tulia certainly did but the both of you can tell like with a mark like that that's that's a finger of death that's what a finger of death does it just like corrupts and rips through your heart and so you'd know that 
that's a death effect. There's, you know, it's, it's going to be much more difficult to bring him back than if he had just, you know, even if he had been brutalized as bad as Matumbe, it, it was easier to bring Matumbe back than it will be to bring Duran back. Now I'll say he didn't, uh, he didn't pass from any regular means over here. It's uh, this straight, pure death that he died from. Uska. Straight from the tap, baby. <laughs> straight from the tap. <laughs> Uska looks at Lyra and they both just stare for a moment, processing, thinking about what options they have. And Uska looks back out to the party. I can do a lot of healing and so can Lyra, but something that killed you from a death effect is mighty strong. I'm not able to bring him back. And Lyra pipes up. It's a bit beyond my potential as well, at least on my own. By what do you mean, Lyra? Well, I know there are such spells that can bring someone back who was killed by such a horrid effect as this. Something like resurrection could bring him back, but I'm not quite powerful enough. I don't, I don't know that spell, but if we had a scroll or something I could use as an aid... I, I could cast it. Um, didn't we didn't we buy some scrolls? Like before we left town, didn't didn't we buy some scrolls, Uska? Is it like are those the right scrolls? They are. I'm afraid I wouldn't be the best to cast them. I think this would be best for Lyra. Uh, so whoever is holding the resurrection scroll could hand it over to Lyra and I was looking up the casting for scrolls, and thankfully with Lyra's use magical device, she cannot fail. Nice. Well, I think you're holding it. Lyra wouldn't have been, but or yeah, yeah. Uska would have. Uska can pass you gotta the... Pa- you gotta talk to yourself here. <laughs> uh, this is time for Emily, uh, Emily on Emily to talk <laughs> for a while. Time for you to shine. Look, Steve loves having these moments. Yeah. <laughs> Doctors are working. Mm-hmm. I have a lot to talk to myself about, so. <laughs> hey, just so while this, like, you know, magical healing stuff is happening, Tulia's just going to take a, a casual, you know, poke and prod here at that, uh, it's just checking her out just casually. So, like, we can resolve that later, but, uh, she definitely knows there's items. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. You like, but I'll make sure I help you heal as well if you need it. But I doubt you need it because I don't have healing skills. <laughs> yeah, I think Lyra should be able to handle this. Uska takes takes some time to dig the scroll out of her backpack because I'm sure that was not in an easy, accessible pouch, and hands it over to Lyra. And Lyra unrolls the scroll and she's reading through it and gets herself ready. Uska kind of motions everyone away. You gotta give us some space. He's gonna need some room to breathe. He died in battle. So this could be disjointing for him. And she like starts pushing everybody away and Lyra steps up and she starts reading the... (laughs) She starts reading the scroll in her lyrical voice and the words and the magic of the scroll washes over Durin like uh, like waves and they start to pull at him like the tide. And if he doesn't fight against it, this tide might 
pull him back to life. This spell uh, takes one minute to cast as Lyra's singing and moving around in a circle around his body, trying to call him back with her siren song. As you're casting this spell, uh, Tulia, I will have you make an important spellcraft check. Oh, okay. For magical item properties, by chance? Yes. Okay, cool. That's very good. Um, I did roll a seven, so this is a 35. 35. Let's see. Eclipse also has great spell. Yeah, but you were specifically looking and... Oh, at the at death stuff? You... A thought occurs as, as the spell begins to be cast, and, and you kind of are part looking at what's going on with Durin, but also kind of... You, you can't help but keep, like, peeking over. There's a chance that that scythe... You know, when, when death kills somebody, oftentimes their souls don't cooperate. There's a chance Durin also needs to be freed from that scythe. Oh, okay. how do I do that? Well, the scythe has a trap the soul effect on it. However, you, you know that it, you, can, you can release these effects if you know the trigger word. You just happen to know that if anyone's going to figure out the trigger word, it's probably Eclipse, because she can touch the object and know. Touch it. Now, I ain't used to these possessed items like you might be and, and you gooey guy over there. Uh, but I think his soul might be in there and, and you got to get that out. Do you know what to do here? And then um, Eclipse would be like, I guess I, I mean, this sometimes doesn't work well for me. So I guess just watch out. And then she's going to grab the scythe. You grab the scythe and you see... You flash back to a day ago when you were on the ethereal plane and you looked at death and death looked at you and said, the collector. And you remember when death spoke. It was fleeting, but Eclipse can pick up on these things. She, you know, she recognizes spirits more than the average person. You, you picked up like ethereal essence around him because you were on that plane. You think the collector is his word to release spirits from his scythe. And Eclipse still like half in the like object reading days would just kind of whisper out the, the collector? At this point we kind of fade in on just the black blade of this scythe to blackness and we see what looks like basically a war-torn battlefield between two sides two combatants no man's land despite the ominous events of the age of lost omens galarian largely knows peace though isolated pockets of brutal conflict rage in far-flung corners of the world most citizens live in an era free of war but what we see here, last wall, has never known peace. Founded as a bastion between the remnants of the Whispering Tyrant's forces and the orc hordes of Belkson, soldiers dig into the muck, patrol countrysides teeming with death, and wage desperate battles against hordes of darkness to protect the light. 
For the last 10 years, a divide has been growing in Last Wall. Rear command, removed from the fighting for over 900 years, preaches complacency against the encroaching hordes of enemies, content to fortify and weather the storm for another millennium. Commanders on the front lines watch as their men are slaughtered in a defensive war which can't end until the foe is destroyed where evil takes root. Fresh conscripts swell Last Wall's fortifications, dying to hold a line which hasn't moved in a thousand years. Next we fade and open on Vigil, capital of the crusader dictatorship of Last Wall. Six months ago, we look now into a courtroom. Far from the squalor of the trenches and forward operating bases of the front, the room is ordained with rich mahogany woodwork. Benches are cushioned and seven aging military officials sit above their onlookers. Their seats of judgment nearly reminiscent of thrones. Radiant light spills in through 20-foot-tall stained-glass windows, bathing the room's occupants in color-shifted hues of rich late-afternoon sun. Besides the courtroom officials, scattered onlookers sit in silence, and a lone drow in a ragged military jacket stands shackled in the center of the room. His jacket still bears the rank of commander on one shoulder and his squad insignia on the other, the stylized bombshell of the last wall's fourth bombard corps. Commander Durin Rook, after extensive hearings and deliberation, this military tribunal has convened and reached its conclusion in your sentencing. Even murderous underdwelling scum like yourself are awarded certain privileges under our law. So in accordance with said procedures, I will now recount the charges and deliver this council's verdict. One month ago at 0200 hours, the Night Watch under your command was ambushed and covertly dispatched by orcish aggressors, leaving your entire unit vulnerable to attack. As commander of an artillery garrison specializing in delivering explosive ordnance from a distance, vigilance is paramount in not letting said ordnance fall into the hands of our adversaries. Since your men are no longer alive to be tried for their failure, their sentence of dereliction of duty is conferred onto you. Oh, 300 hours. Now vulnerable to attack, orcish hostiles sweep over your position, slaughtering many of your men while they sleep. Still in the O300 hour, you arise from your slumber and begin to marshal a defense. Orcs continue to overrun your garrison's position, butchering the men while they rest. Moments later, by your account, defeat is perceived as inevitable. Your... You order the ignition of the garrison's entire ordinance stockpile to halt the horde, even using a time-delay fuse of your own invention. The ensuing chain reaction of explosions destroys the garrison, stopping the horde in its tracks at the expense of valuable catapults, trebuchet, alchemical-treated ammunition, and the lives of over 400 men. In my years of service, never have I seen a military officer with more contempt for the equipment and lives of his subordinates than you. Your defeat and subsequent self-destruction, with a convenient lack of self there, I might add, can be no less than the most shameful act of military service I've ever witnessed among the fine, upstanding men and women who guard this realm against the evil that threatens to consume us all. Charges of treason have been leveled for the massacre you committed on your own brothers-in-arms. If it were up to me, you'd hang for all those to see from the ramparts on the front you once called home, but alas... Our Council of Seven has reached a verdict. Count yourself lucky your former superior sits on this tribunal. Commander Rook, for had he not cast his final vote in your favor, 
you'd be awaiting Phrasma's judgment this very night. Instead, you'll be exiled, sent to our southern border by military police escort, and turned loose on our lawless neighbors in Nermathas. Perhaps a wandering tribe of miscreants will dispatch the justice you avoided today in our stead. Before you're formally stripped of your rank and sent to wallow in your self-pity, tradition allows a final statement. Make a brief. Not once during the proceedings have Duran's eyes left the floor. Slowly they rise to stare daggers into the souls of the presiding judges. He's silent for a long beat, then begins to speak. Your accounting of events is largely accurate, but incomplete. The garrison was lost. The men were already dead. Orcs overran us in moments, and I saw the men I served alongside for decades. The men who relied on me for protection and direction butchered before my very eyes. But these weren't the feisty tunnel rats I served with in the trenches, or the rangers who ventured into Vialict. These men were more like you than me, unfamiliar with actual war, shelling our opponents from afar. Opponents they've probably never seen, snuffing out life they couldn't even reach with the arrow from a longbow. When the orcs came, we never had a chance. I destroyed everything to stop them. If there were men still alive, they wouldn't be for long. And if the orcs spared them, I did them a mercy, for fates far worse than death await them back in Belkson. He stands up straighter, now speaking with a bit more conviction. Unlike you, I didn't choose this life. It was chosen for me, by a man I still cried for, when a wraith ripped the life from him and his shambling corpse became a dead marionette for its necromantic ambitions. I was conscripted into service and fought next to heroes. Heroes who died so you could enjoy banquets and show off medals to maidens at military balls. Who is left to speak for the dead, ground under the war machines on our northern and western borders? Those on the front warm their blood-stained hands over pit fires while you sleep on feather beds worn by stones placed underneath them by servants. I have been in this fight since I was six years old, running supplies until I could kill, then spending the next century doing that. And how much had the front line moved in that time? Not one single foot. Evil surrounds us, yet we hunker down, unwilling to do what we must to strike back at an enemy who has spent generations grinding cannon fodder like me to pieces. I don't serve Last Wall. I never have. I served the men who served with me, who didn't have a chance or a choice. And I served for those yet to come who you will still send to hold a line you never intend to move in a war you never intend to win. Tomorrow, you'll try someone else in this courtroom for their actions, but maybe the day after, the orcs and the dead will break over these city walls like a crashing wave of decay. On that day, you will realize your complacency to wait while others die was your downfall as you lorded over the men who understood that evil only prospers when the good refuse to rip it out at the root. Take me away, for I no longer wish to stand in front of this court of seven men who have been dead for years but just haven't realized it yet. The presiding judge huffs in anger and finally gets out of strain. 
Bailiffs, remove this man from my courtroom, and may he rot somewhere else. Armed guards approach Duran, who refuses to flinch, as his rank and company insignia are ripped from his jacket. And when we fade back, you see the shackled spirit of Duran Rook struggling against the pull of this scythe as you speak the command word and the shackle breaks as Lyra's waves of positive energy flow over Duran's body. His soul is now free to reunite with it and he gasps to life. <sighs> Lyra, it's you. It was so dark for so long in there. I lost track of all time. I don't think I made it to the boneyard. It did seem like you got stuck. Death was trying to keep you, but together we were able to set you free. You're, you're back. You're okay now. I wasn't able to make you a hundred percent, but you should be feeling pretty good right now. Uh, so you are restored to full hit points, vigor, and health with no loss of prepared spells, but you do have one permanent negative level. Ooh. Unfortunate, but better than the alternative. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate, but you are alive. Yes. Mm-hmm. Clips, as you hold this scythe mm-hmm. and speak the word collector, mm-hmm. it begins to change. The axe that you wield in the other hand, mm-hmm. you, you feel them pull. Mm-hmm. <laughs> together and while the front of your axe remains that same battle axe shape the second head takes a wicked scythe like curve two things happen because you have defeated the collector Mm -hmm. the next person to take up the scythe becomes the new collector your axe gains an x4 critical and has a permanent trap the soul effect. You know, I was joking when I said we kind of joined teams, but apparently that's not totally a joke. <laughs> that is so cool. Mm-hmm. It is very it's cool. Wild. Well, with uh, Durin back, Erber uh, is going to say, Thank goodness that you are back. You've proven yourself quite the advantage on the battlefield, so... It is good to know that you are right, and that you can fight by our side. I'm sorry I couldn't have been there to have protected you, but I will try to in the in the future. I'm apparently not very good at it. Nobody could have predicted lesser death's movements across this battlefield. I always did think that my grave would eventually be in. In no man's lands like this that we find ourselves in, so I wasn't surprised when I felt its cold touch behind me. I almost welcomed it, but I don't think it's my time yet. We have too much still to accomplish. And yes, this was a very perverted version of death. Incorrect in its being and its doing. We put it out of its misery. A foul creature who steps outside the Phrasma's law of balance. My thoughts exactly. Something very strange with this creature. Is this why you wanted us to save him? I mean, it's pretty fun to play. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes, while you were away, um, pretty inconvenient. We had to wait for you. Nobody else perished, you know. <laughs> I don't think we should be telling any lies here. There was a lot of death on the battlefield. I must come clean. <laughs> I have lied to you, Mr. Rook. I am ashamed at my own death. The creature turned on me. Cut me to pieces. I thought it was the end of my journey. I was only spared from the cold embrace of death. By the life-giving forces of a couple of my friends here. I know you mentioned you once wandered alone across Galarian searching for your next big conflict. To the peer you found a good family here. Brothers in arms if not by blood. I couldn't have put it better myself. But I think it's time for us to continue. Some of you also have wounds that need to be treated, don't you? Why, yes, I do. Anybody else? Yeah, I do think, like, all of us do. Besides the one that died and we brought all the way back up. Matumbe, you know, you only died for, like, a few seconds. Yeah, I only died a little bit. <laughs> oh, no, you, you like, were fully in pieces. It was like, like... Really bad, actually. I believe really you died a mouth. lot. It was just really quickly was was what you were going to go for, I think. We were able to heal you fast, but you were very, very dead. That was not an easy feat. It took two of us to bring you back. And I will be eternally grateful. Now about that healing. There was no harm done to me? You got no harm. No. And uh, same with Ekmer, actually. Same for okay. Lyra and Uska. Oh, Matumbe's down a cool 117. Durin has his permanent negative level. I don't know that we have anything in the can right away. To oh, So I don't know if you would have lost Death Ward when you died, but Death Ward oh. suppresses negative levels while the spell is in effect. Mm-hmm. It doesn't remove it, mm-hmm. but... And I believe oh. Matumbe also has, yes, Matumbe also has a temporary negative level that only lasts one day. Okay. But then with Death Ward, you wouldn't have that anymore. Exactly. My characters are all down anywhere from 30 to 50 points. But for the most part, if we need to save the healing for someone else, like my characters could probably heal up themselves or help heal others. Uh, Matumbe can probably just end up burning a couple spells that'll get him close to the way there and then maybe a little extra healing from another source would get me good. Well, while you guys are figuring out the healing, true to his name, the collector who collected souls appeared to also collect trinkets off of the people that he killed. And you see there are several magical items on him. A golden katana Oh. Um, what appears to be a staff made of almost looks like melted together bone. And it just emits this like dark purple light as the top of it glows with an intangible flame. It carries an amulet and a belt. And you can see in a wayfinder an ion stone. Can Tulia start doing uh, spellcrafting checks? Sure can. Well, first one, I got a 44, I guess, on the golden katana. Okay. Well, 46, since it's item properties. Yes, this blade is special. 
you you've heard of it maybe from um you believe it it would have come all the way from Tianja, maybe as like the holy item of a group of Phrasmon monks there. This is known as the Blade of the Rising Sun. Let me tell you a little bit about it. It's pretty cool. Side note, do we have any wands left at all? Yes. Yeah, I have 65 charges total. Okay, cool. Because I'm, I'm like, I healed mine major, but now I have like minor amounts that I would love to be. Yeah, and I was planning on using three cure moderates that I was planning on hitting Matumbe with to give 55 points of healing. I burned a couple spells of mine as well. That brings me up to 140 out of 147. Perfectly content to be there. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, a Blade of the Rising Sun, aside from being a plus one glorious undead Bane Katana, shines light like the rays of the morning sun. It's drawing the blade acts as the daylight spell. Wow. Whenever the wielder of the Blade of the Rising Sun threatens a critical hit, the target is surrounded by a halo of golden sunlight equivalent to fairy fire until the beginning of the wielder's next turn. Undead surrounded by this glow take 1d6 points of damage at the beginning of their turn. The wielder of a Blade of the Rising Sun may declare a sacrificial strike as a standard action or as an immediate action before losing consciousness upon gaining the dying or dead condition. A sacrificial strike converts the wielder's body and spirit into raw energy equivalent to a sunburst. Allies of the wielder within the sunburst are not harmed, and the wielder may choose to affect all allies within the sunburst as a mass cure light wounds or all allies within 10 feet as a breath of life. The caster level for this effect is equal to the sword's caster level plus half the wielder's maximum level. A sacrificial strike destroys the wielder's body as the spell disintegrate, but they have a 50% chance of being reincarnated 24 hours after performing a sacrificial strike. Their gear is left behind unharmed. However, upon using this, the blade is transported to a random location at least 100 miles away. So this is like the, oh shit, tactical nuke button. Yeah. Well, I don't think we're ever going to use that, so... (laughs) <laughs> so, <laughs> no matter what when you know air bear ven- inevitably takes this mm-hmm. uh, do not drop your other one <laughs> yeah definitely not yeah. <laughs> yeah this is the uh this is the i pull this out of the sheath uh when i need daylight yeah yeah and he's certainly not gonna take <laughs> the other one and die. just be like oh because yeah. i won't ever need this again yeah but that's that's kind of an interesting thing too you can convert it to breath of life so if like you and a bunch of the party get caught in a in like a breath attack and a couple people around you go down, you can sacrificial strike to bring anyone within like all the people within ten feet of you back up with breath of life. Yeah, that's but it would destroy you. I think that'll be huge, and I think uh, I think battlefield control is going to come into play in that a lot, especially because breath of breath of life is a one round thing. Yeah. So then Tulia will actually take that katana and she will immediately look over essentially death's body towards Air Bear and she'll go. Now, I think you're you're probably gonna want this. Uh it, it's right up your alley. And she would pass that along and then start looking at the next thing. Okay. Uh you wanna check out the staff. 
Yes, I do. Okay, go ahead and make me a spellcraft check. 47, I rolled a 19. Yeah, you're good. This is called a Staff of Dark Flame. Staff of Dark? Yeah, it's made from bleached bones that have been fused together. The head of the staff burns with an unholy fire. It can be used as a plus one flaming quarter staff, and it retains this property even if the charges are drained. But the staff can cast the following spells. It currently has 10 charges. It can cast False Life for one charge, Ray of Enfeeblement for one charge, Scorching Ray for one charge, Fireball for two charges, or Animate Dead for three charges. Wow. Who did Death Kill to get that? You're starting to think he must have killed a relatively high-level party of people. Must have. Uh, So yeah, it's a cool item. You know that staves work off of your caster level, so you know if you cast the Fireball from the staff, you're looking at like your full caster level instead of like the caster level 8 that the staff is made at or whatever. Uh, same with like animate dead, so you'd be able to bring back like 40, 52 hit die worth of undead with the casting of that. All right, now this one probably is going to go to, you know, either myself or or Lyra or maybe Uska. I don't know. I know Uska, you throw some stuff sometimes, but I think probably the three of us make more sense. I already have a staff, so this one can go between the two of you. Uska got the last staff that we found, so I think this is something that Lyra could could use as well. Well, I ain't gonna fight you on it. Um, I the, got the only couple staffs. The only word of uh, caution I would give is that if it's between the two of you, your arcanist shit applies to things you can cast from the staff because it uses your caster level. So if you wanted to do the like swift action, boost your caster level by two or whatever. It would apply to the stuff in the staff. So, um, if you already have staffs and it makes sense for Lyra to have it, that totally makes sense. I just want you to know that, like, if you're going to use the animate dead, maybe you use it so you get a couple extra cast, you know, you get a couple extra hit dice of undead. I'm fine to, like, put it on my sheet with my other staff. Like, I'll just wear two staffs on my back because I, what I main, like, in combat is I always have my, the orb of chaos, like, out because that's got, a lot of benefits from holding it. So, but it's not like, I mean, I don't move that much. So it would not be hurtful for me to pull it out and then do something. So unless Lyra really wants it, I think maybe it would make sense. for. We'd also have to look. I just, these are, these are definitely all on your spell list. I don't know if, I don't know. I don't know know if you have to UMD on a staff, if it, if it's not, on your spell list. And say, they're definitely on mine because I have some of these spells prepped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would just think like, you maybe have Animate Dead and False Life or something, but you probably don't have Fireball and Scorching Ray mm-hmm. and stuff. So I don't know if you'd have to UMD. We can look up those rules. Um, okay. Next item. Get a roll on that amulet. 39. Yeah, that's an amulet of natural armor plus four. Woohoo! <laughs> Imagine there's a few of us that would be interested in that. Yeah, I think so. All right, now I I have one of these, but I'm gonna bet the rest of y'all probably want this. Quite a bit, so yes. Yeah. Um, I have something very similar, but a little bit less powerful. So yes. Zit will make sense to protect the weakest chain, so Zit should not go to me or Ikmar. I would say. <laughs> In terms of the defenses, I 
I'm only speaking on a more... Uh, well, I see this, this hole that I'm digging, it uh, keeps yeah. getting deeper. <laughs> He's clearly <I get> <laughs> speaking tactics, baby. I get it. I got hurt last time, and you didn't get hurt even a little bit, and that one died. Yes. So we think we should all agree that it would go to those who can't protect themselves and may die in combat. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, usually I get hit a lot more than you do, so I don't know what's going on with you. I think that's debatable. Dude, um, your AC is way higher. Is it really? What's yours? Mine's a 30. Oh, with, mine? With the Blessing of Harrow keys thing. Mine's a 32 with that. Yeah. But well, but then it's like, yeah, if I could get if I get next to people, it goes up. I was gonna so, say that's right. Yeah. I'm, I'm so used to you having that stuff. whole whole thing. But I have a uh, a natural armor plus three right now. Is that what you have? I have a two. Oh. You know what? Yeah, let's let's be amicable about this. If you want the four and are willing to part with the three yeah. and trade yeah. down, Absolutely. I would go up to three. Sure. This is logical. Oh, this Perfect. is awesome. <laughs> okay. Does but anybody need a two? Air Bear died yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I don't think Air Bear can wear an amulet. That's why he has the ring of... Or no, he can't wear a cloak. That's the thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah something weird. Yeah, anyone need a two? Dern has a two. Air Bear has a two. Let's see what Ikmer... Let's see what... Oh, man. You know what's really funny? Is that I think Ikmer might have a really low one. <laughs> or maybe not... <laughs> Just didn't even bother. <laughs> it's possible. He only has... Yep. He only has an amulet of armor plus one. <laughs> What's 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 his AC at? Forty three, <laughs> and I've t and I've checked God. off like the haste and stuff. What is uh air bear or what's yeah what's air bear's AC? Thirty three, yeah. Thirty three, and then when you challenge someone, isn't it way higher? Or no? I thought that was part. Yeah, of the he gets challenge. a plus two to the duties challenging, but a minus two versus everyone else. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. That's where I was like so, so it, confused. It, and if I'm, it's good in a one-on-one -on -one combat. It sucks if you have like a group of things attacking you. Mm -hmm. But all right, all right. As long as I can get like underfoot, I I'll have a I'll have a bigger bonus even even still. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like this is fair then because now Matumbe is a thirty-three. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm a thirty-one. Air Bear is still a thirty-three. Like a, a, I don't know. I think, I think and now it Ikmer can, can have a. <laughs> <laughs> what? How can Ikmer get that? Oh yeah, he didn't have a plus yeah. two. You give a two base old one. <laughs> Fantastic. And, uh, unless one of Emily's characters doesn't have a plus two. Ooh. Uh, Lyra doesn't even have an amulet. Oh, then you need Emily. one. She can Emily. Take the plus one. Emily. Uh, Emily, you can, yeah, <laughs> you're taking the plus two. I mean, Lyra, at some point we had like seven of these. Yeah, we were like giving these things away. <laughs> we tried to give one to my uh, phantom and he just couldn't wear it. Well, now you have a plus two. I think you guys sold a plus two. Because <laughs> yeah. we were like, oh, I guess nobody needs this. Nobody claimed it. All right. Uh, and neither of the Campbells <laughs> thought about their backups. <laughs> the list of magical items is just so long. Very fair. It is yeah. very long. All right. Anything else that Tulius would be looking at? Yeah. Oh. This belt. 36. My lowest roll so far. Eight. Meets beats. Ooh. Caster level 16. This is a belt of physical perfection plus four. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, shit. No riders on that. That's strength, dex, and con. Oh, boy. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wowsies. That's... 
<clears throat> it's a massive upgrade for probably anybody. I have the belt of physical perfection plus two right now. <laughs> I have a belt of physical might plus two strength and con for Matumbe. I think Durin has a plus four dex one. Spikmer has a plus two giant strength. Air Bear probably has... I think Air Bear has like the plus six dex, doesn't he? He has a plus four dex. Plus four dex. So this is a benefit for literally all of them that are yeah. frontliners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even even Uska, I think that would be a benefit too. Well, it, she wears a blink, that, that can uh, blink back. Oh, uh, so, yeah, you so. can't wear it because of the blink back. Yeah. yeah. So do we want to roll off or is there a, the best decision here for someone? I think st- statistically, uh, Ix got the worst belt. By far, yeah. So, right. Like, anyone else's belt is going to benefit him, I think. That's why I think at this point, no matter what, if we do, uh, unless someone can convince me otherwise, if we do a roll off, there can be a good trading of belts to get yeah. something. Yeah. We could do what we just did with the amulets. Yeah. yeah. I'm not I'm not going to roll for Darren. I think he's fine where he is. It'd be nice to have a little bit more con, but fuck it. He's fine. I would roll for Matumbe, though. Okay. So Matumbe, Eclipse, uh, Air Bear, and Ickmer. Air Bear, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Six. Seventeen. Woo-hoo-hoo. Well, it's not going to be Air Bear, that's for sure. <laughs> Get my ones out of here. Uh, Ikmer with a fourteen. So, All right. there you wow. go. Okay. So, uh, so, so that means a belt of physical might plus two strength and con is on the table. Right, which, which is at least a straight upgrade for uh, Ikmer. Straight upgrade yep. for Ikmer. Doesn't work for anyone else because Eclipse has a better belt and Air Bear relies on Dex. Correct. Yeah, I was going to say, mine is the physical perfection plus two, so I uh, the only upgrade for me would have been that one, so I am good. Awesome. Ikmer gets an upgrade, which is great, and Matume gets a big upgrade. Big upgrade, yeah. The, this belt sure was uh, holding up some mighty big pants there, Matumbe. <laughs> <laughs> it looks strapping on you, young man. Oh, he's he's on the you, you were on, you were on the last uh, hole. He's on the furthest <laughs> hole. <laughs> Y'all, if Eclipse uh, got Matumbe's belt, I just realized <laughs> she'd be wrapping yeah, around yeah, a yeah, few times. Around. <laughs> it'd be it'd be a WWE belt on you. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, there's still one more item. Oh yeah. Yeah, this right. iron stone in a uh, in a wayfinder. Okay. Forty-two. Okay, you got it. This is a pearlescent pyramid iron stone. It resembles a small pearl white tetrahedron, and it grants the ghost touch special ability to the user's unarmed strikes and melee weapons they wield. The user can also focus their gaze as a standard action and gain the benefits of sea invisibility for one round. If the user is incorporeal, corporeal melee weapons they touch gain the ghost touch special ability, allowing them to pick up and use corporeal melee weapons as normal. This is resonating in Wayfinder, which also grants the ghost touch special ability to normal or masterwork light armor the user has worn for at least 24 hours. This benefit lasts as long as the armor is in the user's possession. I think I'm good to remove myself completely from both of these, or for both characters for this. Because you already have ghost touch on stuff. No, because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for Durin. And well, yeah, Durin doesn't make any sense. But. Right, and I got that big upgrade from Matumbe, so I'm content to give it to somebody else. 
personally, I do believe that this makes the most sense for Airbear or Ikmer. It makes the most sense for, in my opinion, for someone that crits. That's why I um, was. Uh, you, I almost didn't even say Ikmer at yeah, first. Because yeah. when you when you can crit, then uh, or when you have Ghost Touch, then you can crit incorporeal creatures. And the fact that it applies to all of your weapons means you don't. You know, for Air Bear, he doesn't need it. You know, separately on each. Right. Meanwhile, like I, I, it takes me an action, but I could give myself Ghost Touch if I needed it. So that's why I was like, eh, it's cool, but. That's not something that's going to be as critical <laughs> as our person who crits all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Air Bear would, would happily take another item. This That would mean that Air Bear got the katana and... Uh, Ghost touch ion stuff. Yeah, from, from this whole, whole ordeal, which is a huge upgrade. I would be happy to take these things. I just don't want to be taking somebody else's loot, you know? Um, I think Katana might be written there for a, a specific reason. Yeah, huh? yeah that one <laughs> I can I can see. <laughs> but also, I think Airbear is the one who makes most sense for the ghost. Okay, stuff. like truly, I would agree with that. The Katana, you're not. It's not something you're going to use. Like all of the time, usually, because it doesn't have the whatever property you have on agile. it. Agile. Yep. It doesn't have agile, so it just completely nerfs your damage. So. it's but it might be something that, like, hey, we need, we need daylight. I'm yep. gonna unsheath this. <laughs> we got daylight. You know, it's it's got it's got a caster level, so like, it can you know it can counteract deeper darkness if you needed it to. Oh wow! Potentially, because it's you know it's I don't remember what level spell deeper darkness is. I think it's a third, and this is caster level eighth daylight, which would potentially beat that, depending on who casts the. You know, deeper darkness, but mm-hmm. okay. Well, you found some cool items. It's find yourselves at the front entrance of Ren Church, and you see these doors. These, as Batumbe kind of recognized, these Reaper doors, just with like they almost look like the Iron Throne, and the fact that they're about twenty feet tall and are just made of like welded welded weapons. Of the Phrasmans that fought to defend this place. Countless souls. Batumi, go ahead and make me a perception check. Okay. Pretty good. That will be a 55. Yeah, 55 will do it. You're able to find a switch on this first level of stairs that... Because you knew this was a trap even from afar. Mm. Uh, that should deactivate the, the Reaper doors and allow you to pass through. It's right under the uh, ornate welcome mat that yeah. they have for the, you know, for the members of the Whispering Way that come here. Ah, under this floor mat here, you can see that I can, you know, take the trap down. And oh yes, a spare key hidden in the lone flower pot next to the door. <laughs> um, be careful. There might be like a sign that says wipe your paws if they're pet owners. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> The, there may be uh, an Amazon package right next door that we should probably uh, pick up for them as well. Yes, we will bring that in. You guys heading in? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just for all of our effects that we had going, are we like, you know, within the 11 minutes that Death Ward lasts still? 
Nobody put on armor, right? It was really just like a belt. That was the biggest thing. Uh, I'm going to yep. say you guys have five minutes of that left. Okay, awesome. So if you're really fast, maybe two combats, probably like for the next combat you'll have. Okay. Uh, you open the doors, and you look in, and you see that the, the crumbled remains of a collapsed belfry that litters the eastern side of this one once fine tessellated floor of the ruined processional. The shards of broken bells protruding at sharp angles from the rubble. A half-collapsed archway reveals a massive congregational chamber in the darkness beyond. The faint hint of whispers pervades the stale air like leathery bat wings and eclipse you know the second you open this door this is the presence that you felt from the outside these whispers are the tyrant's whispers a piece of tarbophon is here and you can feel it whispering around you um guys I, i'm pretty sure i know why He's called, like, Whispering Tyrant. You guys hear that, right? That's not just me. You Please say you hear that. Vance, Vance, do you hear that, at least? Yeah. It's everywhere. It's in my head. I need you all to roll for initiative. Oh, jeez, Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Lyra, what you got? 11. How about Eclipse? 19. Incredible for a cliff. I have to roll twice and take the worst. Yeah. And I have a plus three when it's dark. Digmer. Wow. All right. It's well, seven. Uska. 16. Matumbe. Sprinting towards death with 22. Tulia. 27. This is the best I've ever rolled for initiative. Wow. Durin. That would be a 12. Air Bear. 19. So obviously it'd be an eclipse. <laughs> Damn. My characters are at the top. Mm-hmm. Wait, are you sure that eclipse would go before Air Bear? I have a plus three, my dude. Yeah, I, I, was, I was, beat me. Yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt, you beat me. Julia, make a perception check. 26. You're not sure what's going on, but eclipse seems quite on edge. You can kind of hear these whispers, but you're not sure what that entails. Okay, okay, okay. Matumbe, perception. Yep. 45. Yeah. Um, You hear these whispers, and they almost call out to you, mocking you. This year, now. And then you just feel your arm light up. Mm. It just, it feels like the world's worst cramp for a second. You just white knuckle on the book and then it fades. You recognize this is a haunt and you think you know who this is. Does Matumbe or does Steve? (laughs) (laughs) It's the whispering tyrant. Okay. All right. Just a reminder, Eclipse always gets to act uh, in a surprise round against haunts. Mm -hmm. This is said round. Yeah. Oh, this is the surprise round. Neat. There is a haunt here, similar to Harrowstone for those who remember, though this one much more powerful. The Whispering Tyrant taunts us. What say we do? Us. You could make a religion check. That's exactly what I'll do. Well, if Eclipse still has those ponies, 
I'd still be up for a ride. <laughs> Any ideas, Batikma? <laughs> I, I definitely still have the ponies. Actually, now they can uh, swim. Oh. Just in case we come across water, like the pond. Just the- yeah, 10 levels, yeah. and she taught him to swim. <laughs> I did. I did That's teach him to swim. I think some of them. I think they can fly for a short time, too. Oh. Well, that sounds I delightful. rolled a filthy, feisty fucking 50. Okay. Here's what you know this haunt is far too powerful for you to do anything to. Persists across Ren Church. Although you think it's it's likely most powerful in certain areas, uh, and you think you know certain areas might lend themselves to it doing different things, but you got to go in here, and you th- you think you kind of might have to truck through it. You get the vibe that it probably lasts for like a minute at a time, mm. but with a filthy fifty, yep, you know probably the most unsettling thing. Although this is just like a fragment, just the whispers of the Whispering Tyrant. Uh, you know this haunt can manifest any spell, ninth level or lower. <laughs> Great. That's a lot of options. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is no way forward but through. Unfortunately, all weapons are at the command of our adversary. We cannot be prepared for anything, so we must go forward. So this is like entirely way too powerful to suck it into my own body and then expel it. You think you would probably die? Yeah. No, I I know. Haley knows. <laughs> I wouldn't try that as I guess we just have to truck. And I can see there are double doors on the other side of this belfry. Too far away to get to and open in one turn, unfortunately. So, Tomb is going to start moving in. There's 15 feet. He can see a bit more now. Then he is going to just move all the way across, taking both move actions. Okay. Oh, sorry. Uh, You would only get one move action. This is a surprise round. Ah. You get to go because you perceived it. Oh. Do we have the feeling that it is contained to this specific room? Well, in this specific area. Like, I could walk up to the door and not get hurt by it if I don't go through the door because I want to get as close as possible mm-hmm. so that once the surprise round's over, then I can fully utilize my turn to like get through and open a door and not get stuck in here while he throws like, I don't know, another finger of death at me. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you get the vibe that now that the doors are open, mm-hmm. you're all fair game. Great. So instead, Matumbe is going to use a little thing called Channel Vigor. It's a spell and he is going to gain the benefits of a haste spell. Nice. Air bear perception. Much better. 33. 33. You hear the whispers around you, but you hear several different voices. Each of the voices of the night harrows taunts you as you approach this place, mocking you for the family that they killed. And you recognize this as well. This is a haunt. So you can act in this surprise round. Okay. Well, hearing these voices in his head from each of the night harrows, if he ever felt small, he feels really small now. And is going to put, put his head down and walk forward up to the door and step just inside. 
Okay. Eclipse, no need for a perception check. You automatically recognize this. I, I think I'm going to prep myself here with uh, Air Bear. And we're going to have Lopper follow. Uska. All right. Uska does the perception. That is a 36. 36. You hear something unsettling. It's a voice ripped out of time. It's the sound of your mom dying. Oh. And it just like in both ears, you hear her scream and you hear the just like crinkling of flame. Uska's eyes go wide and she looks around and quickly, I'm sure, realizes what's going on here based on what everyone else is saying. And she hunches over a bit. She's already not a very large person. And she kind of crumples in on herself and raises up off the ground slightly. So she's just brushing it when she casts her fly hex on herself. And she just hovers there. Okay. Durin. It would be a 35 perception. Yeah. Um, You hear the whispers, but each ends in this like bloody gurgle and you start to recognize like the gasps and the cries for help. You remember back to that night and you hear everyone around you just being stabbed in their sleep. Acting off of Matumbe's instructions, he knows that there are likely to be spells getting slung around here. So he's going to defend himself in the best way that he knows how, given that information. And he's going to pull a small tab off of his belt, pop it in his mouth real quick, and then his aura feels a little fuzzy around him. His skin starts to vibrate a little bit, and that expands just over outside of him as he takes an extract of spell resistance. Nice. Lyra, perception. Oh, 14. 14. You don't realize what's what's happening, what everyone seems to be noticing. You do hear like a faint muffled sound, but that's all. Igmar. Oh, boy. Erver being Erver, you know, uh, with that low perception with 12. Yeah, 12, you know, much the same. You're looking around confused at your allies, but you, you don't recognize the haunt. Okay. Can you still take an action? No. Okay. Um, but the haunt does go off now. Let's see. Well, if we both, if we go down, we at least are going to go down together a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lyra, I need a fortitude save. Oh! Is this... You know she can't do saves. I cannot do saves. Uh, is this a spell, by chance? It's mimicking the effect of a spell, so I'm going to say yes. So, Lyra cast spell resistance on herself before the last combat, and that's minutes per level, so she still has it. Okay, 32. Oh, yes, that beats my spell resistance by quite a bit. And is this a death effect? It is not. Okay. Oh, boy. All right, I rolled really poorly, but... Oh, and Lyra didn't get to act in the surprise round. So I can't even take an immediate action to try to help myself out here. Ugh, 11. Oh my. Where once you were, 
kind of blissfully ignorant of what was going on around you, instead of whispers, you hear that unmistakable sound of a massive creature underwater. It almost sounds like your ears are plugged as if you're, you know, you're swimming. Uh, And you see the creature that you once called Mother looming above you. Shubnagrath reaches down with tentacled masses and picks you up. What the rest of you see is kind of like if any of you saw Stranger Things, she rises off of the ground and her eyes kind of roll back and then she is thrown almost like a professional pitch at Durin next to her. Oh, Jesus. Oh. I think that's going to miss you, bud. That's a 27. Uh, no, it does hit. I mean, he doesn't have fantastic AC when I'm not oh, buffed yeah, up. You guys 26. Are, yeah. Well, you, you've got an axe. So you're definitely not flat-footed. Okay. Um, so she just gets, like, whipped into Durin. You each take seven points of damage as you're just, like, smack into one another. And Lyra just continues to, like, float almost as if she is, in fact, underwater. Tulia is up. Can I try, like, dispelling magic on her? Does that make sense? You could. Okay. I will command my Orb of Chaos to dispel magic. I believe that's just, what, 15 plus the spell level? Or is it plus the caster level? I It's a d20 plus my caster level, and I compared that the spell's caster level 11 plus the spell's caster level. Okay. 32. Doesn't do it. That was a 19. Oh. Whoa. That, that was a 19 on the die. Now it's possible whatever it is can't be dispelled by dispel magic. Let's hope that's the case. I was going to say, I mean, isn't that something that I like you would know with spellcraft? Yeah, you think this has an over 20 caster level. Ah. So it, it, it's the worst version of why we couldn't dispel it. Mm-hmm. As if maybe a level 20, mythic rank 10, sort of. <laughs> but what we know about the haunt is it's replicating actual magic. Whether or not the caster level is crazy high, that's what mm-hmm. it's doing. So a spellcraft check should be able to inform us at least what the spell it's replicating is. When we know that, we should be able to know if there is a less traditional way of breaking that. Perhaps her body is being thrown around and is in some sort of effect that could be knocked out by something like freedom of movement. So I think that's still important to understand exactly what what spells being replicated because maybe there is a way out of this that doesn't rely on us trying to break this absurd caster level. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I'm rolling a spellcraft check to see if that if I can determine what this is. And I somehow rolled another 19, so that's 45. Yeah, this is a spell called Enemy Hammer. (laughs) Never even heard of that one. There are no concessions for something like a freedom of movement. However, you know that it lasts for rounds. In this case, probably over 20. And basically, what you would know is that if the, the, the creature that's being affected gets a fortitude save every round they're under the effect of this, um, if they succeed, they can act normally. If they fail, they continue to get flung around. 
you would also know that if they break free, the caster of the spell can pick another person to start flinging around who would then have to make a fortitude save. All right, so we're looking at some good news and some bad news. Bad news. I could not get rid of that damn thing. All the other bad news. Even if she gets rid of it, it could come to another one of us. Good news. Every few seconds or so, she's going to get another chance to try and break out of it using the might of her own body, basically, unless she's got any bonuses to help her out, any any magical buffs that we can do for her. But I don't think we're going to be able to get rid of this. We might have to live with it or do something to restrain her. All right. That's Tulia's turn, right? Yeah, and Tulia's going to take a five-foot step to the side. Matumbe. Right, I still feel like I, I need to keep learning more here. With, with as high as I rolled on that knowledge check about this haunt, is there any reason to think that once Lyra is done getting thrown around, that is the end of this haunt before it resets after a period? Does or can next round it add another spell or something? Like, I'm I'm trying to understand whether it's worth to try and punch through, and like just try and and like tank our way through this thing or we need to like hit Ren Church from the back door or something and this isn't even worth it. Yeah, so you know 100% that it affects every room in Ren Church. Oh. So. Oh, um, fuck. You know that it has a minute refresh. Okay. I guess what I didn't give you is that you can out damage it. It's just always going to come back. Yeah. You know, but you can out damage it to stop this. Mm-hmm. It's a significant chunk, chunk of change, right? Yeah. And it's all going to have to be positive energy. You don't really have like a because because this is all around Ren Church. You don't really have like a focus. Yeah, to you like, can't like but, touch somebody with a heal spell or but, something. But you think like you know maybe if you just like you guys open the doors and this started, maybe this room is the locus right now. Mm-hmm. And so if you just like you know direct positive energy at the room. It might turn it off for a minute. I guess what you would know with the 50 is that you got the... I'm, I'm almost rolling this into a sense motive for you. You got the in like intent when you notice the whispers. Like, this is Tarbafon fucking with you. Yeah. It's not... That, a spell like Foehammer, that's not going to kill you. No. It's just going to mess with you as you as you move through Ren Church. So you think, like, it's probably not going to, like, finger of death you. It's probably not going to cast Wish, mm-hmm. right? It's capable of doing so. Yes. But it's probably not going to do that. In fact, you think that certain areas of the church might make it more liable to cast certain spells mm-hmm. based off of the, you know, based off of the architecture inside. Okay. Lovely. I do have an idea. So if this is going to throw Lyra at all of uh, all the rest of the party, if we just all move, she would move too. <laughs> very fair. Very true. That is a very good point. Fair. This is the equivalent of like uh, dragging the jet skier outside of the, uh, or like out. Uh, Outside of the truck when it snowed five inches. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Ikma, I have just the job for you. We need you to shield us as we are pelted with Lyra's body. 
<laughs> I will now move in. <laughs> Just, uh, I'll stand by Lyra. Yes. Insult the Whispering Tyrant as well. You will be very frustrated. <laughs> Matumbe is going to move into the room. There are two doors in this room, one to the north. It looks like a single door and then one to the east. We had entered through the west. That looks like a double door. Which one do you guys want to go through? Oh, let's go straight ahead. North or east? All right, east it is. He can move all the way up. And with haste, that's one move. So he can pop that door open. Okay. <laughs> it's what he does. You have haste? Yeah. I he changed vigor. Himself. Uh, yeah. I forgot that that's what that means. Yeah, you can choose to do a whole bunch of different stuff. I just wanted to... I thought we might have to run through this room as fast as possible, which is why I did it. And that is the end of my turn. Air bear. Oh, what do I see on the other side? On the other side, you actually look at this and it's just kind of horrific. There's hundreds of skulls that decorate the carved stone columns in macabre arrangements, uh, casting their dead gazes of the empty chamber. High overhead, intricate buttresses like crooked bony fingers support a massive vault and the walls alternate between rich panels of aged wood and collapsed stonework, piled floor to ceiling. You see a fresh bloody smear that stains the floor between the broken pews, leading to a chamber to the west. This looks like, in terms of like a church, it was the nave, kind of like the main hall of worship. However, it's dark in here, so, you know, Matumbe can see 60 feet, basically, is as you walk in. Sounds good. So maybe you don't quite see that bloody smear yet, but you will. All right. Looking forward to it. That is best that we move along. So a bear as well is just going to move up to right behind Matumbe. All right. Eclipse. Um, I think, I think Eclipse is going to follow and then move behind Matumbe and then Lapper is going to run uh, in front of Eclipse, so it's like Eclipse, Lapper, Machumbe. And then I guess a question, Griff, um, can I touch the floor and do my haunt channeler thing? It's kind of a weird, uh, I've only done it maybe once or twice because we don't deal with haunts anywhere near as much. Mm -hmm. But basically my touch funnels a portion of the haunt into myself, not all of it. Dealing 1d6 points of damage to the haunt per two medium levels that I possess. As if I have positive energy and it allows me to ask the haunt a question. The haunt can answer that question however the hell it wants. But that is what it does. Um, if I wanted, I could forego my saving throw against the haunt's effects to funnel that haunt into myself. But mm. I don't want to do that. I just want to... just want to do the positive energy? Yeah, just pop them with 5d6. Okay. And uh, I just want to ask a question to old... Hmm. <laughs> that was a very, very, very sad damage roll of 13. I, got <laughs> I rolled a lot of twos, but one six. Okay. Any questions? This is a huge opportunity to ask. It can answer however it wants, so it's not as good of an opportunity as maybe you think. But you're still asking the Whispering Tyrant. Yeah. I feel like that's dangerous. Yeah. Right? Like, maybe I just keep silent <laughs> and not provoke. Right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> but you don't get this Let's opportunity. Let's not draw. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe I just don't provoke. 
I won't ask a question this time. Maybe next time. And that's uh, my turn. Yeah, well, you think this might be like a touching the sea sage effigy type thing? I do believe <laughs> that it could be. <laughs> okay. Uska. Uska flies up to join up with the party. And then she is going to ready an action to throw her star knife if a undead creature comes within 20 feet of her. Mm, okay. There's some kind of boogin. I got you. Durin. Moving up, baby. He's going to move up to basically the rest of the party. He's behind Air Bear and right next to Eclipse and the Whopper. Now in that kind of foyer area. Sure. Lyra, make me a fortitude save. It's going to have to be higher than an 11. <laughs> we'll see if I can manage it. It would be hard to roll less. Mm, it is enough. so surprising to me that you can roll less. I know. <laughs> She's not fortitudinous. This time it's a 13. Oh my god. 13. I also rolled horribly again. Okay, so you do not get to act. Um, Sickner's turn. Alright. Uh, Lyra, are you okay uh, to move on your own? Uh, it doesn't quite seem like it. You know, uh, Tulia, why don't you go ahead? Nickmare's gonna delay uh, until Tulia goes. Uh, you're at the end of the round, man. I didn't realize that Tulia didn't move. So I guess in that case, oh man, because Ikmer's at the end of the round, I think he's just going to take like a five foot diagonal forward so that he is still the closest. Well, if you move in, Tulia, Lyra will go like before your next turn. So if you go in, then she can follow you. Yeah. And Tulia would uh, talk to you because you're the only one left out here with her. And she's like, all right now. So she's actually probably going to, be forced to follow us, but we we gotta like get in. So I'll, I'll come in right after you. Don't I'm I'm not trying to be out here with her by myself. You gotta go. But wouldn't wouldn't the haunt go after after me because I am the last? And then it's exactly when it went last time. Oh yeah. Why you think it good? So he he's spot. trying to make sure that he gets Lyra thrown at him instead. Gotcha. Of Sorry, I was stuck on Hanser at uh, ten, and I mm-hmm. thought it went with Lyra's turn, but I realized now nothing happened with Lyra's. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in that case, yeah, I think I'm just gonna take my five foot step forward. Okay. So that he's Lyra he's gonna get thrown at you. Oh, natural twenty! Oh my oh. gosh! All right, on second thought, I am uh, happy you did stay. <laughs> <laughs> However, a, uh, I mean, it, it won't confirm with the 37, but not too shabby. No, not too shabby at all. Oh, but uh, I guess I do have fortification. I mean, it didn't confirm. Oh, so that's matter. right. Okay. All right. You both take seven points of damage as Lyra is slammed into Ikmer. And now it's Tulia's turn. All right. And Tulia is going to follow her own advice and go... In and uh, she's gonna actually she'll be about five feet. There'll be five feet between her and Durin, and she's gonna move in. And now that she can see stuff, she sees no blood. She sees nothing. Um, she, she she knows everyone stopped, but there are no visible threats, and nobody is talking about any threats. So I guess I could ready a magic missile. Does that work? 
Right. I'll see why not. If you see something. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Bay. All right. Ikma. Good job back there. <laughs> I will move forward. See what's going on in this befouled place. It's going to move a cool 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Yep, you see the blood smear. And can I perceive to see if there are any foes around here or anything that might... Make me a perception check. Scare me? Okay. Okay. Ah, that'll be a feisty, filthy fucking 50. Wow. You, <laughs> you hear the sound of wet chewing coming from uh, deeper into this chamber. Hmm. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's following that trail of blood, though. It seems like it's coming from straight in. Okay. Something is feasting by blood somewhere. I will move forward a little bit further. An additional 25 feet. Actually make it 30. Yep, and at this point, uh, you see... Oh, I do. Um, not the source of the chewing sound. Oh, no. But two... Oh, no very large undead creatures uh, each have three arms where, where where's the third arm coming out of um not where you'd expect it it's like somehow also where you expect holding it. an apple it's a creature looks kind of humanoid actually but closer to a giant tusked mouth one left arm two right arms oh yeah none of them look exactly right but one of the arms on the right side has this weird spindly black hand on the end mm. of it I had kind of hoped it'd come straight out of its chest yeah it, like, it makes sense where it is but also it doesn't it's got one armpit arm yeah yeah if I if I would have liked to have chosen where a third arm gets put I think it's like on the top of my shoulder maybe I don't know I mean, I guess that's just semantics on which way it's placed, <laughs> right? Yeah, which, which arm's, arm's the dominant the arm. arm? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I feel like if you get one, like, to be able to scratch your back just right, that's a mm. th- that's a win-win. <laughs> that's a good arm. Uh, notably, uh, when you went deeper into this chamber, the whispers stopped. Oh, okay, good. Can I roll a knowledge check on these creatures? Uh, yeah, it's going to be local or religion. Let's go religion. Ooh, awful. 36. Uh, yeah, all religion is going to get you is that these are juju zombies. Mm. So they're juju zombie versions of whatever the heck that creature is. Gotcha. Uh, they look a bit stitched together, but you think that creature naturally has three arms. Okay. Do I know anything about juju zombies? Yeah, I mean, just a basic juju zombie you would know has a lot of undead traits. Do they have minds? Yeah, they're intelligent. They keep all their class level. Gotcha. They're like the best kind of zombie to make. I'm just going to give you like the basics of the juju zombie template because like a 36 is enough to know a lot about that. Mm -hmm. It's obviously going to make them evil. Uh, They get a plus three bonus to their natural armor over the base creature's natural armor. They get some channel resistance. They get DR10 magic and slashing they get fire resistance and they're immune to cold electricity and magic missile perfect perfect Uh, that's rude very rude Um, 
interestingly here, you know, they get like bonuses to all of their physical stats, except for Khan, obviously, but they get to keep like all of their natural weapons. So for a creature with a bunch of natural weapons here, um, it's pure bonus. Gotcha. Well, having moved in 60 feet, hasted, and having done a perception and knowledge check, Matube has his standard action left, which means alone in the middle of this bloodstained cathedral with two juju zombies bearing down on him, he enters total defense. Okay. Er, bear. And he says, I am right behind you. And so uh, he is going to turn on his boots of speed and walk up there as well. Yeah, so you start to make out one of these juju zombie creatures. All right. Um, then he he's just going to call back. The whispers are much quieter up here, so everybody should come in here at least. And that's the end of his turn. Okay. Eclipse. Eclipse is going to cast haste on everyone but Matumbe and Air Bear. Step one. Step two. She is going to move now. 40 feet into, I think, can I go up to 50? Because is it only double or is it 20 plus 30? It's, um, it's, if your movement is lower than 30, it's double your movement. If your movement is higher than 30, it's your movement plus 30. I will move 40 feet into the room and I can just, just maybe make out a leg. (laughs) If anything. And then, uh, Hasted Lopper is now going to move 60 feet right behind Matumbe. He can see these things. I guess he's going to move again. Oh, I don't want to get too separated. These don't look like spellcasters. He will move uh, another 15 feet to be a little bit in front of Matumbe. And we now have like kind of a staggered thing going on. Sure. Might be a, might have been a bad choice, but it's the choice. Uska. Uska can't make out what is in the next room, but she has been told what's there. So now that she's hasted and flying, she moves into the room. Shit, I'm flying. And she ends up right behind Air Bear. You can't see anything yet. I cannot see anything yet. Okay, I guess she continues moving. <laughs> up to Matumbe and she's going to go, I'm assuming the ceilings are high here, so she's going to mm-hmm. uh, go up in the air as well. Yep, ceilings are about 40 feet high here. Okay, now she can see around the corner. So she'll have moved twice to get 15 feet up in the air above Matumbe. Nice. Durin? Durin is going to move 60 feet into the room. This puts him close to Matumbe, Uska, and Air Bear. He is now exactly 60 feet away from the closer one of these foes. And he's going to reach down onto his belt, pull off a strange looking bomb. And it's this like clay little pot that's painted black. It's got a hole in the top. He pulls out a stone that radiates purple energy, drops it into the bomb, shakes it up a little bit and throws it. Now, what I'm throwing is my void bomb to see if I can't lock one of them down far away. Because I picked up the feat Splash Weapon Mastery, I believe it was called, this last level up, 
Though this creature is 60 feet away, I'm only taking a minus one for every increment outside of my throw. So should only be taking a minus two instead of a minus four because this is square at the end of my third range increment. He's going to whip it across the cathedral and see if I can hit this thing's touch AC. 19 on the die. Nice. That, yep. it, that is going to go into the 40s against touch. Mm-hmm. All right. 27 points of bludgeoning damage as the space around it starts to crush the creature. It implodes a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to need a reflex save. Would this impede movement? Yes. Okay, it has freedom of movement. So it can't be knock prone if it fails. If it, if it succeeds, it does impede movement. Can you be knock prone? Can you have freedom of movement on? Uh, it's a what? Reflex save? It is a reflex save. All right, I'm we'll looking see if it matters anyway. Yeah, it might not. Um, it's going to be a 28. You succeed. Doesn't even matter. Okay. I remember that being something that we encountered in Return of the Rune Lords and like later yeah. levels. Where we were like, I don't think we can get knocked over because of the... I feel like you probably can't. Doesn't matter anyway, but knowing that this thing should be slow, and if it's not slow, I think, I think what, that, know, what yeah. that gives you definitely is that, like, okay, these guys have, like, you know, I know that when this succeeds, it slows somebody down yeah. unless they have some special magic on them. So you would know that the second it, like, moves. That would be his full turn, though. Lyra, fortitude save. Ah, uh, Okay. 25. 25. You can act normal right now. Oh, my. Oh, well oh done. man. Oh. Lyra is a little disoriented right now. That was a horrifying experience for the part that she was aware of. She takes a second as, uh, I'm assuming now she's standing. Does she fall prone? Uh, oh, no, okay. you're standing. You don't, you, you're not prone. It was kind of like holding you up like puppet strings. Mm. So just you kind of just like drop. She looks over at the one companion who's still here with her. Ikmer, thank you for waiting for me. Let's go find the others. And she doesn't know exactly what's waiting inside for her, but she does think that singing is going to help. So <laughs> she starts singing as a move action. And then was she included in that haste? All yes. right. So she then is going to move while hasted inside. I cannot select her anymore. She's too far away. Oh, click on the map somewhere like closer to the map. Oh, thank you. Okay. It's really important that you go all the way through this room. And she actually can while hasted. She has some boots that increase her speed as well. And so she moves through the first set of double doors and the second set of double doors to to get through that entryway. All right. And that's her whole turn. Ikmer, at the end of this round, what you doing? Oh, he, he's got to make up for some lost time here. Sprints up to the front line. He can move all of 100 feet. Why can you move 100 feet? He's hasted. And can only move 25. Oh, so you're going 50 and 50, yeah. double moving. Gotcha. I only moved 75. Or was that 70? Okay, start. I gotcha. All right. Ikmar, you're the only one to see this gray giant wielding a scythe standing kind of behind this, what almost looks like a surgical slab. Oh, boy. 
there's blood just dripping all over this room and just heaps of gore uh, and the giant she's she's a you know she's like a 12 foot tall pale woman and she just smiles the smirk at Ikmer as he kind of approaches she can see him too that yeah i can see that i can see the description of her it's normcore yeah normcore is a, a good a good describer <laughs> There's anyway. there's another creature back there, a giant of some sort, and it is not a pretty lady. Now I need Tulia to make me a fortitude save. Oh, okay, yeah, I can do that. This is against a spell. Mind infecting enchantment. No. Oh, yeah, what happens if she gets that, like, faux hammer and she's the only one in there? Does she keep hitting herself? Uh, I got a 24. 24 is not a success. Okay. So you get flung into Lyra. Oh. <laughs> great success for me. Somebody I'm now ahead. in the oh. room. <laughs> I guess I earned it. By escaping? Yeah. 35. Yes, that hits. Okay. I'm lanky and easy to hit people with. You both take six points of damage. Hickmer leaves you for one second. At least for one second. He's got a... Um, although now that you have all passed through uh, the initial narthex, you do kind of like you, for for a second you you kind of lost track of where you were, and and now you like with this smash into Lyra, you come to your senses, and you're no longer being you're no longer hovering there, as the tyrant's whispers have quieted for the moment. Gosh, I don't know a single one of these church words you keep throwing out. <laughs> narthex? I have never fucking heard I've of that. I've never heard that one either. Church architecture words. We'll be Googling that in between yeah, here. Yeah, that's fair. Now that you have these giant creatures' attention and they kind of snarl at you from the side room, I'm going to need you to finish your drinks because we'll see you next oh, week. Oh, all right. my. I knew it. <laughs> Laughter Productions is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Carrying Crown is copyright 2011. Carrying Crown and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. Paizo, Pathfinder, their respective logos, and all Paizo titles, characters, and artwork are properties of Paizo Inc. and used with permission.